0: Are you ready for the Word? Hallelujah. Put your hand on your heart and say this with me. I'm a believer. I'm a child of God. I'm righteous, forgiven, justified, redeemed, and blessed. I am ready to receive God's incorruptible Word. The Word is seed. It enters my heart and mind. It explodes with revelation. And it changes my life. And today, I'm not distracted, but I'm ready, very, very ready to receive the Word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 11 to 18. And I want to read it out for you from the New American Standard. The title of this message is, Be Separate, and it's in line with what I've been preaching since January about God wanting to take us deeper, about wanting to strengthen our relationship with Him, not only salvation but also sanctification, and dealing with the issues of our heart, our values, our choices, our desires, because God has greater for us, God has more for us. And in order for us to discover the greater treasures, the greater blessings, we need to go deeper in our relationship with Him. Just imagine that this is the banks of the river. Before you were born again, you were on land. You were in the world. But after you got born again, you entered into the waters of salvation. But somehow, most of us, we stay just ankle deep. Because from time to time, we want to come back to the world and have a little bit of fun and then go back into the kingdom of God, but just ankle deep. And many of us may be in ankle deep waters in our relationship with God, but God wants us to go deeper. God wants us to go more and more into Him. Leave the shore behind. Go into the ocean of His grace, His truth, and His love. And you will surely then discover the amazing life called the Christian life. It is not a boring life. It is not just a dutiful rules and regulations life. It is an exciting life. To be in relationship with the creator of the universe. The maker of our destinies. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 6, 11 to 18. You can see it on the screen. Our mouth has spoken freely to you, O Corinthians. Our heart is opened wide. You are not restrained by us, but you are restrained in your own affections. Now in a like exchange, I speak as to children, open wide to us also. Do not be bound unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? What harmony has Christ with Belial, or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? And what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of God, just as God said. The next slide. I will dwell in them, So if we will come out from among them, God says, I will dwell in them, walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate. Everyone say, be separate. Turn to your neighbor and say, be separate. Amen. Says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. Say, do not touch me. (laughs) So who is the unclean? We don't know. And I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Now these verses are usually used in the context of marriage. However, there's a principle called separation from the world that this usually talks about. And we see that principle all over the Scriptures. That principle gives us wisdom to live practically our Christian life. And wisdom is so important because it is the principal thing. Wisdom brings power. Wisdom brings purpose. Wisdom brings prosperity in a walk with the Lord. So it's important that after we have become Christians, we are able to apply this principle properly in our lives. All right. Now look at those five words that describe relationship. Go back to the slide, the first slide. Five words which imply a relationship. Partnership, fellowship, harmony, common, agreement. Okay. Keep that in mind. Now look at the four words which are commands from God to us. Next slide. The four commands. Do not be equally, unequally yoked. So that's the first command. Secondly, come out, be separate. And the fourth command, do not touch. Understanding these nine words is critical to applying the principle of separation from the world. And if we will do it properly, there are seven divine promises in these scriptures. Seven promises that will enable us to enjoy the fullness of our relationship with God Almighty. So you can be a believer and yet not enjoying everything that God has for you. Not enjoying your relationship. Not really experiencing all your inheritance in Christ. And the reason is because we are not doing the four commands. And we have done the five with the world that God said not to do. Alright? So understand this. After we are born again, God wants us also to go on further into Him called sanctification. Sanctification and separate ourselves from the world. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In James chapter 4 verse 4, the Bible says that when you make yourself a friend of the world, in other words, friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever becomes a friend of the world is an enemy of God. How many of you want to be God's enemy? None of you. Well, then we have to understand what are the implications of that. And one of that is you cannot be a friend of the world. I'm not saying the physical world. I'm not saying the people of the world. We're talking more about the values of the world the culture of the world. Ephesians 4.18 says, you are light in the Lord, now live as children of light. Be separate from the darkness that's there in the world. In the Old Testament, Leviticus in Deuteronomy tells us, do not yoke an oxen with a donkey. Do not join an oxen with a donkey because you will not be able to plow your field. Do not put two kinds of seeds on the same field. That means, don't let there be mixture. Do not let there be unequal yoking. All right. So we have to apply this carefully with wisdom because people have also misapplied these scriptures and they've gotten into ditches on the other side. For example, people have taken this to the extreme where they have become very legalistic. And so from the womb to the tomb, they have no association with the world. They have no connection with the world, not even with fashion not even with entertainment not even with holidaying, and they think that to really live the christian life you have to go to a monastery you have to go to a prayer house and be completely cut off from the world but that is not what god said and seeing that some christians go to the other ditch the other extreme where they say god wants us to love the world so without any boundaries they want to love the world and they end up compromised in their values and in their choices This is a very, very important message for all of us today. Many questions arise here. Number one, is it okay to date a non-Christian? What do you think? All the girls, boys? Is it okay to marry a non-believer? Can I enter into a business relationship with a non-believer? Can I be good friends with a non-believer? What is biblical separation? All of these are questions that are important to you. To understand this, first, we need to know what is a yoke. Turn to your and ask them, what is a yoke? The answer is here. All right. A yoke is a wooden bar that connects two oxen to one another. And the burden that they pull. So that the strength is multiplied. So that their purpose is easier fulfilled. So that's a yoke. An unequal yoke is when a cow and a donkey is joined together. An unequal yoke is when a tall ox and a short ox is joined together and the yoke becomes this way. And that means they will not be able to go in the same direction. The tall ox may be wanting to go ahead, but the short ox, because short steps, will make the tall ox joined at the neck go this way. And they will keep on going around in circles. That happens in marriages when there is no compatibility. Rather than going ahead as a family, they seem to go around in circles. Amen. So a yoke is a wooden bar that connects two oxen together. The unanswered question here is this. What is yoke? spiritual terms. Is a business relationship a yoke? Is becoming a member of a union a yoke? Becoming a member of a church, is that a yoke? That's why many people don't want to be members of a church. Is dating a non-believer a yoke? And so on because we have to be careful how we apply this because we can go off into extremes. All right? Now, if do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers means completely disassociating ourselves from the world and being completely separate in a prayer house all the time and in a monastery, having no friendship with even unbelievers. If that is what God meant, then we will also be disobeying many other scriptures like you are an ambassador of Christ. That means go and represent Christ to the world. But many of us want to be ambassadors only in the church. See, A few scriptures just before this, the Bible says, you are ministers of reconciliation. In other words, you are God's son. Go to the prodigal sons and reconcile them back to the father. That means we have to be obedient to all scriptures, not just one or two. And that means it is not referring to completely renouncing the world. Because if it is a complete renouncement, we have to disobey so many other scriptures that Jesus said. In fact, he said, I send you out, his disciples, as sheep among wolves. So sheep, God doesn't want you to only remain with sheep. Alright? You need to go out to the wolves and to bring them back into the family of God. But there's a proper way of doing it. Don't become a wolf while you're hanging out with the world. Amen? So not all friendships, not all associations is a yoke. But a yoke has two main characteristics. Number one is this. A yoke is not easily broken. It is not easily broken. In other words, it is a kind of permanent relationship. When two animals are bound together, they do not have any choice. Uncomfortable as it may be, they must walk in the same direction. The stronger ox will pull the weaker ox. And of course, one of them will suffer or both of them will suffer. So a yoke is a permanent relationship, something that cannot be easily broken. That's why the church has often used this passage to refer to marriage. Marriage. Because marriage is a kind of yoke. It's a permanent relationship that cannot be easily broken. But the wording of this verse is, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Not only marriage, but any form of relationship in which you are unable to come out without damage to yourself. Are you with me? It could involve dating. As young people, many times we may appreciate people first because of the manners, the decency, and the jobs that they do more than their faith. And it's easy to like people based on those feelings and considerations in the heart and in the mind. But the Bible does say that they are dangerous to yoking yourself to unbelievers in marriage or in dating relationships. Just for this main purpose, where are you going to go together? Which God are you going to serve? What values are you going to build your children up in? There's also the law of gravity. The law of gravity says that it is easier to fall into sin than to rise into righteousness. So if one wants to go in a lower direction and one wants to go in a higher direction, it'll be more easy for you to be dragged in your values and in your beliefs below what you want to live than to go above. Amen? But many times we rationalize. Well, he's such a wonderful guy. He's such a good man. Better than all the Christians that I know. And that may be so. But I think it's important that first we... Obey the Lord even in this area and not rationalize and not pray that somehow God will change his mind just for you. Make an exception just for your case, right? Because I've received many prayer requests. Lord, pastor, please pray that God will just change his mind for me in this case. The kingdom of God is not like India where we can adjust all the time, right? Amen. Hallelujah. The second characteristic of a yoke is this. It's any relationship that constrains you. Where it does not permit independent action. And that can happen in even a friendship relationship. For example, some of you may have friends in the world who are not happy with you when you say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, talk about Jesus, where you are vocal about your beliefs. And in their presence, if you are so afraid of displeasing them and you're unable to say that homosexuality is wrong, transgenderism, the basic philosophy behind it, is wrong, and you're afraid to say that, then you are in a yoke. An unhealthy relationship. Because you think that it's more important to please your worldly friends than to please Jesus. It's more important to make sure that you do not hurt the feelings than to believe in the truth. You have yoked yourself to a relationship that's constraining you in expressing your liberty and faith in Christ. Or in some relationships which are too controlling, too manipulative. It can happen in dating relationships, in father-mother, father-children relationships where they want to control you to the point where they do not allow you freedom in your faith in God. They don't want you to go to the Bible study. They don't want you to join this church. If God tells you to join this church, your father tells you don't join this church, who should you obey? God or God? I'm not saying you disobey. I'm not saying you dishonor, but you speak freely and you obey God. Amen. Hallelujah. So any form of relationship that controls constraints, sometimes... Tribal relationships are like that. Tribal ho-ho's. Even though they say they're Christians, they don't function in a Christian way. They control, they manipulate their people. It's ungodly. And if you allow yourself, because you are a member of this village and this village group and this colony group and this ho-ho group, and you're not able to exercise your faith in God, that's an unequally yoked relationship. Hallelujah. Or political relationships that do not allow you to freely express Christ. For example, if some of you join the BJP, who we know that one of their purpose and goals is to make sure that Christianity is eradicated in India and because you are an influential Christian, they want you to be a part of that and of course it looks good to the electorate but you have no freedom to speak against conversion there. It's an unequal yoke and no matter how much you rationalize it and think it is smart and it is good It is still foolishness in God's eyes. Can you say amen? A business partnership where you cannot freely practice your Christian values. Or any yoke could be when you are joined to things that you should not be. Like for example, um, substances. Alcohol, tobacco. Movies. Videos. Social media. That pull you in a different direction. Rather than towards God. All of that can be a yoke. Um, and now to understand and appreciate what Paul is saying here. We have to first understand who we are. Our identity. Who is the Christian? Why is it so important to be separated? Well because once you got born again. You became completely different on the inside. Even though you may have the same memories. The same, um, same person. The same body on the outside. The same flesh. Maybe sometimes even the same habits. When you got born again, a few verses before this, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, you became a new creation. The old has passed away. Everything has become new. That means something fundamentally different has happened to your nature. You got born again. You became just like God. You received the nature of God. And it is described here in these verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Wherein Paul says, from lawlessness, you have turned into righteousness. Put on the slide there. From lawlessness, you have become righteousness. That's the Christian. From lawlessness, you have come into righteousness. From darkness, you have entered into light. Not only have you entered into light, you have become light. That's your nature. That's the Christian. You are the light of the world. This is the way God sees you. Don't see yourself as, okay, I'm a tribal because of this looks. Don't see yourself in the flesh. See yourself in the spirit. You are light. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are light. Amen. Who is a Christian? From Belial means you were joined to Satan. Now you are joined to Christ. You are in union with Christ. Or in other words, you are Christ. You are just like Christ. Your nature it's the same as Christ's. I'm talking about your spirit, man. Not your soul, your feelings, not your body. I'm talking about in the spirit. Amen? Unbeliever to a believer. From idolatry to becoming a temple of God. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And from being a sinner, you have become a new creation. That's the believer. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, turn there. The Bible says that we are the church of the living God. The whole context of what Paul is saying, written to Christians here, to the church of God. The word church means ecclesia. And the word ecclesia means called out ones. You have been called out of darkness into light with all the saints who are in all Achaia. Saints. The word saints means sanctified ones. The word sanctified means set apart once. So all of us, we have been called out of darkness into His marvelous light. To be a royal nation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. That's the Christian. Something completely... Fundamentally different has happened in your nature. The moment you got born again, can you say Amen? It's not just that you received a gift called salvation. You became a completely different person. It happened the moment you accepted Christ. You are in the same family You go back to the same school, the same church, the same neighborhood. But on the inside, you are completely different. You are not the same old person that used to get drunk every night. You are not that same old person that used to watch pornography. You are not that same old person. You are a new creation. Can you say amen? Amen. You are a child of God. The word of God gave birth to you. The spirit of God gave birth to you. Imagine living as a pauper your whole life and one day you wake up as the son of the richest man on the earth. Can you imagine that? Imagine that you are living in the jungles of Borneo or Africa and the next morning you get up, you are in the palace of the Queen of England. It may take some time for your brain to adjust. But That's the kind of radical change that has happened to your identity, to your nature. Hallelujah. And when that happens, the queen will come and say, you are not like the people of that place anymore. From today, you are my son. Then you have to start thinking like her her son. Start acting like her son. Start dressing like her son. Start speaking like her son. Amen. Hallelujah. So what is God saying here through Paul? God is saying this. You have nothing in common with the world. Nothing. The world is swimming downwards. The Christian is swimming upwards. The world is in lies. You are in the truth. The world is in darkness. You are in the light. The world is in chaos and confusion. You are in the peace of God. And that is why separation is needed. Because you are ambassadors of Christ. Not of Nagaland, of Christ. Not of Naga culture, of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. We represent a different kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And therefore, you must separate yourselves from the world. But there's a warning here which we must heed. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1. Paul says this. I plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. The grace of God in vain. This book is written to believers. And Paul is saying to believers, Christians just like many of us here. Don't receive God's grace in vain. The word vain means empty, meaningless, powerless to you. Because Paul knew that even in the church at Corinth, when he's preaching the gospel and they are having done their services, there are some people there, even though they're hearing the gospel again and again and again, they are still unbelievers. They're still children of Satan. They are still living in sin. And they are lost. And Paul is saying, every Sunday, the grace of God is coming to you. Don't let it come in vain. But it also means this. The Christians at Corinth were born again. They were free with the Spirit. They were having revival services. But they were also very immature. They were carnal. They were fighting among themselves. They were getting drunk during communion. And they were having little, little camps divided among themselves in the church. They were preaching false doctrine and so on. And so Paul is saying this. I know you're having revival. I know you are speaking in tongues. I know you are gifted. But listen, the grace of God can come to you in vain. Meaning, that is not just your salvation. You must go on towards sanctification. The grace of God must transform you. Hallelujah. The grace of God must transform you to the point you are moving from glory to glory to glory and your life is getting from better to better and better and you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And if that is not happening, it's because the grace of God has been received by you in vain. Not that grace is useless, but because of your own affections. Your affections, that's what Paul says, your affections. Affections means your mind, your thoughts, your feelings. You have received God's grace. You have received this word in the spirit, but your mind, your feelings, your desires are pulling you back to the world. And that was what was happening in Corinth because there were people there who would be, who would say they're Christians, come to church, but they were also living a very worldly life. Committing incest, sexual immorality with temple prostitutes. They were fighting among themselves. They were divided into camps. What is that? That's the affections. And that is why even though they were Christians and the Spirit of God was moving among them, they were speaking in tongues and they were having prophecies and so on, the grace of God was not producing fruit in them. They were not transforming into holiness to be more like Christ. Hallelujah. They had received grace, but it was empty. Remember, miracles were happening in this church. The presence of God was manifesting in this church. But their affections, the heart, deep inside, they were still loving the world. They were not progressively growing in Christ. And because in that culture, the Roman and Greek culture, the gospel came in the spirit, but in the heart, in the soul, in the mind, they were still connected to the Roman Greek culture. They saw themselves as, you are Jews, we are Gentiles, you are from Paul, we are from Apollos, the rich and the poor, they were dividing themselves even in the same church. Some were tolerating incest in that church because that was a practice of the world. And some were committing incest. Some were tolerating immorality and some were committing immorality with temple prostitutes. They were fighting among themselves, taking each other to court. Which is much like the practice in the Western world today, even among Christians. Many of the rich Corinthians were getting drunk during communion and not sharing the food with the poor. So make sure you sign up for the love feast. (laughs) Just throw in there at the right time. (laughs) Share your pork with the poor. How many want to give pork to the poor? (laughs) They were not sharing. All of that was part of the Roman culture. There was wrong doctrines happening. They were eating food offered to idols. And they were also connecting themselves with so many other wrong things that were happening. In other words, even though they were yoked to Christ, they wanted to still be sleeping with the world. They have received grace, but the life was not manifesting the glory and the outshining of grace from their lives. God was moving. Gifts were manifesting. People were talented and gifted. But they were not growing in the Lord. Do you know that in the charismatic churches, we have to be aware of this? You can be gifted in prophecies and tongues. You can be anointed for specific jobs like worship. You can be gifted in creativity and so on. But that is basic. It's not mature level. Understand this. It's basic. Your anointing is very basic. Your gifting is very basic. Because it all comes by grace. Freely. God wants you to mature. Go from glory to glory. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image like Christ from glory to glory to glory. Our lives must have an upward progress from glory to glory to glory. That means after we are born again, the grace of God comes continually so that it produces fruit, transforming us to where our lives reflect more of the kingdom from glory to glory to glory. And how does that happen? The commands. Do not be unequally yoked. Come out from among them. Be separate. Do not touch what is unclean. See if I just taught you pan cigarette nakavi day pan cigarette nakavi Christians must not have pan cigarette and alcohol you will not appreciate the meaning and the purpose why we should not eat those things so you will go home and eat more but if you understand now wait a minute I'm a born-again Christian. I'm a new creation. I'm a child of God. I'm sanctified. I'm holy. I'm pure. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. And there's a greater purpose for me. God wants me to go on from glory to glory to glory. And so, what are the things holding me back? My affections. Your feelings. Your flesh. Your desires to be friends with the world and still friends with God. That's holding you back. And if you really want to go on with God, you have to do these things. Do not be unequally yoked. Come out from among them. Be separate and do not touch the unclean. God separated light and darkness in the book of Genesis. But since then, men have been trying to mix light and darkness. We want to mix the spirit and the flesh. We want to mix lies and truth. In church, truth. But when you go out, We even agree with the lies in society, through media and so on. Sometimes, live like the world and sometimes live like a Christian. While you're in Nagaland, you're revived. While you're in Delhi and Bombay, you live like a completely different person. So many Nagas do that. So we want to mix all the time. God doesn't want us to mix. Can you say amen? And because we don't do it, guess what happens? You want to go there, but you're unequally yoked to the world. Ah! And so you make a new resolution. I will never, never, never again do this. Ah! And so you start new again. But then you've yoked yourself to wrong friends. And what happens? Your life goes around in circles. But the Christian life is a dynamic life, it's an upwardly progressing life. Hallelujah. It's not about rules and regulations, it's not about duties and all of that. They are included. But the heart of it is a relationship wherein you are in a journey. And in the journey, there's always new things God shows you. New places God takes you. New things He does in you. New things He reveals to you. New seasons He takes you to. And it is exciting. Hallelujah. Because you are yoked to Christ. And you're walking with Him. Jesus says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. In other words, God wants you to be yoked to Christ and walk with Christ. And Christ will always bring you to the place where you need to be. But some of you are yoked to a false Christ. People you love more than Christ. Things you love more than Christ. Things that you think will bring you salvation, meaning and identity. Maybe it's clothes, maybe it's fashion, maybe it's whatever. Nothing wrong in those things, but when you are yoked in your heart in a wrong way. You go around in circles. So, what are the practical implications here? All right. Number one, not monastic living. Don't say, I'm going to go to the monastery and become a nun. It is not dissociating from the world because that would be impossible. God wants us to be in the world so that we can be like leaven. Transforming the world by our presence there. Not leaving the world. Many Christians are only praying for the rapture to happen. They don't want revival. They just want rapture. (laughs) Right? I mean, I want revival more than rapture. Because rapture means I will go. I'm not worried or insecure about my destiny. I know I'm going to go with God. But I have a purpose to fulfill which is revival on the earth. Winning the world to Christ. Preaching the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's more important to me than rapture. Amen. Because if you are a believer, you're going to go. So whether you know it's tomorrow or the day after, it doesn't matter because you will go. But what matters is that we are preaching the gospel to our neighbors today. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus did not pray for his disciples, Father, take them out of the world. No, he said, Lord, protect them from the evil one. Even when you are married to an unbeliever, Paul says, do not be divorced. Stay. So practically, it does not mean we dissociate completely with the world. But what it means is this. It means that a Christian is supposed to be in a process of his relationship with God where you're moving towards more and more sanctification. Sanctification. More and more transformation where your life reflects more and more. The glory, the goodness, the power, and the presence of God. That means glory to glory. Amen. Therefore, for that to happen, you must come out of any partnership, fellowship, communion, agreement, or accord with the world. Meaning, number one, with lies. Number two, with darkness, with wrong values, with evil, with sin, with wrong habits, wrong relationships, things you know that are wrong, it's referring more to your heart, your soul and your mind, that in your heart, your soul and your mind, you must not be in agreement with the wrong belief system, with the wrong values that the world practices, Do not be compromised by the values of the world. Do not be seduced by the lifestyle of the world, by the words of the world, whether it's music, media, and so on. As you can see today, the basic philosophy of the world, postmodernism, is that there is no truth. There is no absolute truth. Whatever you feel like doing, if it is good for you, it is your truth. Everything has become so relative. That's what they say. So if you feel like you are a girl, then maybe you are a girl. And that's the truth they want the whole world to believe in. And I tell you, many millennial Christians are being seduced by that belief. Out of the wrongs, you see, they attach lies to truth. So they attach racism ah, to homosexuality. And if you are against homosexuality, then you are a racist. And who wants to be called a racist? So they bring all these things, they mix it up and they make sure that we as Christians are also because we are sensitive to not be seen as divisive, hateful, exclusive. We slowly and slowly yield to these wrong values. There's a cartoon that's just coming up by Walt Disney where in that cartoon, made for kids, there are two males kissing. Now what is that? That is called a bombardment of Satan's septic tank to your children. They are trying to feed Satan's food to our children. So that at a young age when they are brainwashed and they say, there's nothing wrong with that. And you as the father say, well, the Bible says that same-sex union is wrong. Your own children or Christians will rebel against you. And they are shoving this down the throats of the generations to media, right, to movies, to rap songs, and so on and so on and so on. So God wants us to come out, are your views of God and humanity or even marriage shaped by Hollywood or the Holy Word? Okay. Are you one who loves God, but also love people who don't love God? Because many of us have friends out there in the world. Nothing wrong with having friends. You must have friends. But there's boundaries that you must keep. Because if you are in friendship, close friendship with someone who is an enemy of God, they don't love God, they have nothing to do with God, they're not interested in anything of God, and you have so close, deep association with them, then they will take you away from the purposes of God. Hallelujah. Friendship with the world, the Bible says, is enmity with God. Somehow, intuitively, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I understood this. And one of the first things I did was destroy all my pop music, rap music, rock music, whatever I had, destroy all of that. Because a lot of these values and beliefs get transmitted through media, movies and pop music and culture, fashion and so on. Instagram culture right now is filled with filth. I don't know whether you may be aware of it, but Instagram wants to promote people who have a very immoral lifestyle, these rap stars, who have kids with different baby mamas. Have you heard the term? Not even wives, but they say baby mamas. And it's supposed to be very fashionable in this world. where now, every kid wants to be like those rap stars. And the words they use are so degrading of the dignity of a woman. Amen. Hallelujah. So, that's what I did. I even... Removed all fiction novels from my library. Threw them away. Why? Because fiction is just is fiction. It's not the truth. And you shall know fiction and the fiction will set you free. No. <laughs> and you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if I spend three hours reading a fiction novel, it's a waste of my time. And my mind, my soul gets enmeshed in all those wrong feelings and wrong thoughts. Ah, yeah, It's a mess that I have to clean up again. magazines. Amen. even distanced myself from friends who did not love God, have the same values as I. Stayed away from social situations that I felt that if I go to those, even if I don't drink or do anything immoral, my presence there would mean that I'm agreeing with those people. One pastor was preaching just the other day about how he was invited to a marriage some of his friends who are homosexuals and he loves them dearly. And he says, I could not go to the wedding because my presence there would tacitly be an agreement that I agree with what they are doing See, come out of every agreement. Don't agree. Like for example, when you're watching a movie and the people are making jokes about church and homosexuality, there are many of those jokes right now. And Hollywood always paints Christians and pastors as crazy people. Rednecks, violent people and so on. Because of the faith they want to kill and murder. That's what Hollywood paints the picture as. So when there's a joke made about all these things and in your heart you agree and you laugh, see, subtly there are many things that happen in your soul where you begin to agree with the values that Hollywood throwing at you and you disagree with the values that are there in the Word of God. Our agreement... A communion. So the pastor said, I sent them a gift, but I could not go to the wedding because I could not show even to anyone or to the world that I agree with what they are doing because it is against the will of God. Amen. So how does it apply practically? There are some things that are clear, some things you have to pray. Marriage, does it apply? I believe it applies when it comes to unbelievers. Business, can I do business with unbelievers? Yes. Can I hire unbelievers? Yes. But partnerships may be difficult because we are supposed to go together to a certain direction with common values and common purposes and it may be difficult. If you want to do it, your business in a godly way, in a God-honoring way. It may mean for some of you that you have to let go of some of the music that you love. Rap music. Rap music is filthy. Rap music is like a septic tank that people are drinking. I'm telling you the truth. The filth that we saw in rock music in the 80s and 90s has come over to rap music. And I know that people say, well, he's a Christian rapper. Yeah, He may be a Christian rapper. But why is he using such foul language? Amen. So just because people say the Christian, don't get fooled. You got to see the values. What are they living? What's their practice? Kanye says he's a Christian, but his choices, <laughs> the way he Lives. It's not Christian. Is Kanye Christian? I don't know. I have big doubts. Can I give him grace? Absolutely. But should I believe what he believes? Should I practice what he practices? Should I? No, I cannot. Because the way he's living and making choices is completely opposite of what Christianity is. Can you say amen? Is Kanye Christian? I don't know. Because I don't see any fruit there. Is that a mango tree? Let me wait till some mango comes out and I taste it. Then I'll say it's a mango tree. Till then, it looks like it's artificial. (laughs) Hello? Hello? Jesus says, by your fruit you shall know them. Not by the leaves. Everyone can wear Christian leaves, come to church, look good on Sunday. But fruit, you cannot fake it. Fruit comes from within. Hallelujah. Amen. It could also mean any substances that is harmful to you. Tobacco, alcohol. See, what may be moderate for some may not be moderate for those who are in weakness to those things. So, you have to make your own personal decision. To come out, come out of any substance that is harming you. Tobacco, alcohol, it could mean a dependency on pills. Hallelujah. Because if you do that, there are seven promises. Let's look at that and we'll close. Seven promises that we'll see here up on the screen, from verse 16 to 18 onwards, God says, number one, I will dwell in them. Meaning, His presence will increase and manifest in our lives. Now, as a born-again believer, is God with me? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit in me? Yes. Does God love you? Yes. Yes. And we can have all of that benefit and still be in the world. And if you are in the world and also in God, I tell you, it's a miserable life. How many of you have experienced that? There's no misery as a Christian who wants to love God and also commit sin. Is this fun? No, it's like you're divided on the inside. You can't even enjoy your sins. Right. I'm not saying you should enjoy it. I'm just trying to make a point. It's miserable to try to love the world and love God at the same time. So if you go on into deeper, leave the shore behind. Go deeper into Christ. Amen. I will be, put it up on the screen again, guys. I will dwell in them. His presence will increase and manifest. I will walk among them. That means He will visit you. You will experience more and more encounters with Him. Hallelujah. I will be there, God. God will put His name on you. Just like He did on the Israelites. When he made a difference between Israel and the other nations of the world. They shall be my people. The world will see a definite difference. When there was light in Goshen, there was darkness all over Egypt. And it was a supernatural light. It was not the sun and the moon. It was a supernatural light. They shall be my people. I will receive you. That means you will go closer and closer into intimacy with God. You will understand God's heart more. God's will more and become more enriched in your life, more intimate with Him. I will be a father to you. God's already your father, but you will experience His fatherhood more where His protection, His provision and His guidance we will experience in a greater way. You will experience His love more and more and more. And then you shall be my sons and daughters daughters. There's a difference between a son and a Christian. A Christian is one who has the name of Christ. A son is different. Have you ever seen those Christians who walk in such dominion and authority and peace in their lives? Nothing seems to disturb them. Nothing seems to stress them out. They're always in peace. They're always in control. They're always with smiles. They're always in joy. They're always full of God's presence and God's wisdom. And they walk with such authority over their feelings, their emotions, their passions. And over whatever may be happening around the world. Have you seen those kind of Christians? Like Jesus. The way he walked. In the middle of a storm, he did not panic. In the middle of crowds he was able to give his attention to one or two. When there was pressure put on him to bring food to the multitudes he did not panic. In the face of his enemies he was able to forgive. He was always in control. He was always doing the right thing at the right time. He was always in command always in authority over the enemy and over his own life. What is that? That is a son, not just a Christian. Think of the pandemic. Even the church, how they reacted. Many did not react as sons. What do sons do during pandemic? What do sons do during war? What do sons do when people gossip about them? Let's bring it down to more daily things we experience. They gossip back also. (laughs) Sons take revenge, right? Huh? Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. (laughs) What do sons do? Listen. Our ability to walk as sons of God is affected by whether we separate ourselves from the world or not. I tell you, it is absolutely 100% true. Because as long as you are hooked to the world, your affections, your desires, your feelings, you are more in tune with the world than with God. You cannot walk in authority. You cannot walk in peace. You cannot walk as a son of God on the earth, carrying his presence, fulfilling his purpose, manifesting his power. You cannot do that. It is absolutely impossible. Maybe once in a while, by mistake, you may do it. Because God's grace and because you are a believer. But consistently, you cannot. All these seven promises that we saw up there, you know what they reflect? They reflect a full Enjoyment of God. Not a 10% enjoyment. They reflect a full relationship with God. They reflect the fullness of the glory of being in relationship with God. Sons. The Bible says, all of creation is groaning for sons of God to manifest. The world is looking Not for Christians. They don't like Christians. How many of you know that already? You have a Christian name? No one likes you. I don't like Christians who know this. Ah, Pastor John. Yeah, I don't like Christians. I want sons. I love sons. Sons. Because sometimes they say Christians, but they live just like the world. Even worse than the world. Sons. Creation is longing for sons of God to manifest. Sons. So come out of your Christianity. Separate yourself from nominal Christianity and become a son. Sons of God. They manifest the glory of God. They manifest the presence of God. They manifest the kingdom wherever they go. Sons. As ambassadors of God, we are sons of God on the earth. You are a son. You are a daughter. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a son. You are a daughter. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I pray over all the people that are here today. And I ask for your spirit to speak to them right now, Lord God. And bring conviction and faith in their heart to make decisions that are important for their life. Right now, I want to ask you, if you are not a born-again believer, and you are not sure because you say, you, you think you are a Christian, but you love sin more, you love the world more, then maybe you are not born again. And I would encourage you today to give your life to Christ and to come out from darkness into his life. So if you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus, you need to come out from sin and become a true believer in Christ, would you raise your hands right now? Yes, would you raise your hands? Yes, anyone else? Would you raise your hands? Come, come. Anyone else? Raise your hands. You know in your heart you need to walk away from that sin, from that lifestyle and to follow Christ. believe in Him. would you raise your hand right now? Hallelujah. The second call I want to give today is this. If this message you know is for you and in your heart you're conflicted because of your affections. See Paul said you are restricted not by us by your affections. Your affections is hindering your growth. And you know in your, in, your, in your heart that you need to be separate. Come out. And you need to make a commitment to Christ. You're a believer. You're born again. But you've never consecrated your life to the Lord and said, Lord, 100%, I'll be a follower of you. If that is you, would you raise your hand right now? And you want to do that this morning. Yes, thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? You know that you must walk away from wrong relationships. You must walk away from wrong values. Habits. If that is you, raise your hand right now. Come, 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 raise your hands. Everyone that raised your hand. Would you please stand to your feet? Hallelujah. We just want to pray with you right now. Hallelujah. Wherever you are standing, I want you to place your hand on your heart. Now pray this from your heart, those of you who are standing and say, Father God, I come before you in simple faith, believing that you're calling me today to separate myself from the world, and to walk with you in complete consecration. So right now, Lord, I give myself to you. Right now, I commit to you. Right now, I choose to break every yoke with the world to come out to be separate and to touch not the unclean. Father, I pray that your grace will manifest in me completely, producing every work of transformation and taking me from glory to glory. Now go ahead and just pray for them, ministry team. Come, church, let's stand to our feet, all of us. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord.
1: Lift up your hands. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9, eight that God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency all things may have an abundance of every good work if you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section you can also give through this UPI ID 7005684533 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generous.